in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome, everybody, to the latest episode of the Top Ten Show. I am John Roca. I am Matt Nost. And we are on camera. That's right. This is our third or fourth show here back at Collider. Excited. that uh, And everybody's been really great to us. Welcome us back. We just did a, mm-hmm. uh, a rule of two. If you haven't watched that, we did a rule of two with the guys, and we counted down the top ten Star Wars acting performances yeah. crossover episodes. So if you haven't watched that, go and watch that on camera in the rule of two. That was uh, dropped last Last week, yeah, when last this is coming out, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, we're taking advantage of uh, John's uh, schedule because mm. he's getting ready for a big trip. Yes, to Australia uh, to cover something I can't talk about. Oh, really? Can't yeah. talk about it until until I get back. I, I got in trouble talking about the uh, last time I went down to Australia, mentioning it on a couple of shows because I didn't know that I couldn't talk about it till afterwards. Okay. But when people found out I did talk about it, I got in some trouble. Sorry, am I talking too loud? No, no, it's just one of those of. Uh, if there's not going to be a disembodied voice in the other room, oh, fair point. I don't need to keep it on. My levels are fine. I like it. And they'll fix it in, in post, if no. nothing else. Is Cody in there still? No. There's yes, no way. I'm still here. <laughs> what? <laughs> are you actually going to sit in there? Oh, now it goes quiet. <laughs> now it goes quiet. The fucking WB Frog. Welcome to Once again, it's you and Snyder. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, Hello my ragtime And the gal. people are looking. It's just ribbit, man. I'm just staring straight <laughs> into the camera, breaking the fourth wall. I don't, I don't know what this guy's talking about. I don't talk. <laughs> well, thanks so much for everybody who's been uh, you know, sending us great comments and uh, being really supportive of us coming back to Collider. Hope you're enjoying our version of the show. Thank you, Cody, for uh, you know man, uh, doing the uh, technical stuff for us. Really appreciate that and everyone involved with production to help us come back in such a powerful way. And for those of you who know this video, you may be watching this video a week after we drop the audio for this video. Correct. And the reason that's happening is because we're having the video drop day of for people who are our patrons. So if you want to be a patron and support the show, you can go to www.patreon.com slash the top 10, the number 10 there, uh, and uh, look us up there. And if you want to donate or you want to contribute to the show $10 and above to support the show every month, you will get the video day of. Everyone else gets the video a week after. So if you want to get into that day of club video-wise, you can do so. Uh, go in there. You can. Yeah. And uh, stare at our ugly mugs a full wow. seven, to, uh, who knows, 14 days early. We're not exactly <laughs> sure. It's going to go on the Collider Live podcast feed, right? Yeah, 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 for yeah. audio and for the YouTube channel, whatever that yes. feed is that yeah. has Collider Live. That's right. where we'll drop there. Um, I don't. Do we have a specific day on that yet? No, uh, but I think it's supposed to. Our first one, for, as we're recording this, our first one will drop next week, I believe. Well, we drop the. Well, next week when we're recording this, yes. a week uh, previous when they're hearing this. Yes, a week previous when they're hearing this. Yeah, yeah at some point. point. Good yeah. point. Yeah, at yeah, some yeah. point during that week, so from Tuesday to Monday. Yeah. But uh, we've heard earlier than Monday it was originally floated. Yeah. But I, I don't know where it landed because uh, it's not everybody's hectic. It's a long weekend. It is. And it is. Now with certain people making trips and whatnot, it's yeah. a little more hectic. Also holidays, the yeah. Veterans Day coming up as well as when we're recording this. Um, 
And uh, uh, I don't know what else can we say, but like, thank you. Thanks for welcoming us back, yeah. and we're having a good time. Yeah, to everybody that has supported us uh, thus far, because we wouldn't now be doing this show anymore if it's it true. for the support of the individuals out there uh, like you. And also to Collider for, yeah. you know, we came in, we pitched them, hey, what about this? You know, mm-hmm. we want the video, but we don't want to have to rent out a studio and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they were like, we would love to join up with you. Yeah. Create a partnership. Yeah. Let's figure out something that works. So. You guys can now uh, watch us week in, week out. <laughs> Talk about other people's uh, work. That's right. So, perfect. Uh, well, this week we're counting down the top 10 uh, Disney direct Disney sequels um, because of Frozen 2 coming out. Yes. And uh, Matt and I went back and forth about how we wanted to create the parameters for this particular show. And so we kept it wide open in the fact that it was uh, Disney. Um, it could be live action, could be animated, uh, it could be Pixar, it could be Star Wars, it could be Marvel. Could be anything under the Disney umbrella as long as it's the Disney umbrella. So uh, direct to Disney sequels, that's where – and by direct, we mean the next one, which means there was original and then there was a next one. Number the the second. The second. So the second in any trilogy or any franchise – that's the one we're looking at. So there at. is no end game. No, there's no end game. Because that's the fourth. No Ragnarok. That's the third. That's the third. Right. Uh, and it is across everything that Disney owns. Yeah. I didn't go into Fox territory because I'm not counting that, I guess, in my mental space yeah, yet. Yeah, not yet. So right. to me, it's like it's not Disney. It was a stretch for us to go Star Wars and MCU, but right. it's part of Disney. It has been for you know a number of years yes, now. Yes, yes, true. Uh, so we limited to those. Everything that's basically been Disney affiliated for the past yeah. you know, how many ever years. And going forward. So it's a wide list, but it has to be the follow-up to whatever that movie was. The direct follow-up to. Um, So no shenanigans with lists and all that jazz. Right, right. Because I think both of us don't view like the fourth or fifth as a sequel. It's like, yes, it is in Yeah, I know. I found that really weird. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. But the definition of it as we fully understood it until modern times was number two. Yeah. It's called sequel. Yeah. The third is a trilogy. Yeah. Third is a trilogy. It's a sequel to a sequel. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. A sequel to a sequel. Yeah. Although it technically can count, I don't think it directly counts. Unless you're saying – yeah, you're then changing the definition of what you're looking for in yeah. my opinion. Not six-minute ads. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there is no old – it's six squirrels sitting on a branch <laughs> eating a bunch of nuts. <laughs> uh, how have you been? How's it going? How's everything? What's the deal? Uh, good. Good. Um, yeah. You know. Talking here, uh, yeah. you know, did a previous show, got to hear and bang out. Um, yeah. yeah. How often when you leave here is your just brain mush? Uh, many, many times. Like last week when you finished out the day, we close out and then you had one and two after that. Yeah, yeah. I'll, like, I can't imagine. I'll be honest with you. I know my, my, my girlfriend says this to me all the time. She's like, how can you possibly do so many shows in a day back to back to back? And I, I don't know what it is. If there's anything I do well, it's that, the ability to be able to talk about something with someone else. It doesn't – it does catch up to me sometimes though on Cinephiles a couple of times. Yeah. I've fallen asleep in the middle of our recordings while Steve is talking. Steve has such a chill voice that sometimes it will lull me to sleep well, when I'm over at his house. And his place is so comfy. His place is very comfy. So sometimes I'll just pass out and, and to Steve's credit because he's a very easygoing guy. He doesn't get mad. Doesn't get mad. He just goes, hey, man, why don't we wrap it up here and we'll revisit part two next week. Let's just finish out as a part one 
and you can go home and go to sleep. So he's very respectful of that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and I don't, I don't think I've ever fallen asleep when we've done a show, but I think we're more you animated. Come, uh, not falling asleep. You've been out of it where you're like, you're kind of like staring me at yes. certain points. I've drifted off a couple times. Yeah, mentally, like looking yes. through me and you can see the look <laughs> in your eyes and you're like, all right, I just need to keep vamping until you can snap back too. The funny thing is Steve has sent me uh, a couple pics. When you fall asleep, look at this asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and he shoots me a text. What you don't know? One time in Invisible Ink, he drew a dick. So he had a before when the ink was still wet, and then as it dries, he's got a little time lapse. Must slowly fading. It's a big, a lot of hair. Yeah, that's, was, that's why he's nice. He gets his revenge his own way. Yeah. What's well, gone now? You know, it's that's like true. a Snapchat. It doesn't exist. You never saw it. Poof. You never saw it. It's like the Tom Hanks. Uh, there was a, something floating around online where. A guy was drunk at a bar and he happened to be there. So he took a picture with the drunk guy because <laughs> he had no idea. He just took a picture with Tom Hanks. Just but, oh, yeah, took a couple and then put the phone down and walked away. And you're like, that's that's awesome. That's a great use of fame. That's classic Tom Hanks. That is. That's great. Hanks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, like today I, I have had maybe 15 minutes to grab lunch and that was it because – uh, you know, we're all trying to shove in shows because of Veterans Day, but also because I'm going to Australia mm-hmm. to cover something. So I have to like record all this stuff. So it's just like it's been a hairy situation. And then this week, I, this weekend, I don't even get to rest. I have to work on a couple of pieces for the dot com. So it it never ends. But I like being I like working and I like being in the situation. I'm very lucky to be in a situation where I can. Yeah. So uh, I'm not scoffing. And I'm very happy that we're back on Collider because we can record now during company time, which really alleviates my nights. Yeah, it e- eases. It does. Uh, your schedule a little bit because now we don't have to do, you know, three hour, four hour nights. Mm-hmm. We've done it. We've done it in the past where we've oh, had, yeah, man. you know, four hour solid night of like, dude, we have two full shows plus this on the side yeah. because we're getting ready to leave to go to X, Y, or Z. Yeah, the patrons don't know how much work we put into the top 10 show, but it's I worth it though, man. They've been so support. supportive and so great yeah. that yeah. I, we're happy to put out the extra content and give you, you know, some, some weeks the Topic Thunder is only 20 to 25, but yeah. most yeah. weeks we have the extra time, so it's like 40. Yeah, forty-five, and you get a free extra forty, forty-five minutes mm-hmm. with the classic episodes and the video and everything else we offer up at the, the ten-dollar level. Yeah, you, know, mm-hmm. you get a lot for your dollar. It's true, and we should say this now because this is the main show. If you're a patron and you don't know about Topic Thunder, maybe you're a new patron or whatever, you get 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 to it because Topic Thunder is a thing you can download as a patron. It is only for patrons. Mm-hmm. You submit a question from anything. Could be the world of entertainment. Could be cooking. Could be about relationships. Could be sports. Could be anything at all. Could be politics. Whatever. Submit. It and we do our best to get to every question. We do get it to every question. It depends on the show as we go along because we go yeah. right from the last one all the way to the next one. Thirty to forty minutes of that show just talking about what you guys want to hear our thoughts on. So if you haven't done that yet and you're a patron, please submit your topics. I, I, uh, if you just caught a blank there, it seems a little odd. I just had a piece of this video or audio edited out. All right, let's move on. I'm also more concerned with the video. What do we got to do there? Uh, I'll, it'll probably be sent to me and I'll edit it. Call my well, iMovie. No. no big deal. That, I'll have them do it to me because you're going to be in a foreign country <laughs> to do this. You tell me you're, they're going to send Not you a file. Not over the weekend. I can send the file to myself tonight. Uh, yeah, or I'll send it to you too if you want. Yeah, let's have oh, it both because I imagine your schedule is about to get super hectic and you it don't is. want to take the hours out of your day Fair enough. to edit this. So just right. I'll, take, I'll handle it. Okay. Well, I'm sorry, Matt. We have no show next week. It's fine. <laughs> I'll figure out something. Right. I'll have them send me the audio video. Don't you worry about it. You, Sounds good. You rest your pretty little head. Oh, okay. You all right. pretty little head. All right. It's all handled. I feel like that's a good thing you just said, but not really. All right. Let's move on. What are you talking about? Rest my pretty little head. It's pretty and it's little. Look at <laughs> it's this. not little. Both of those things are wrong. I think that's mostly just the hair. (laughs) 
you know, if you tamp down the hair just, just a little bit, the inferno flame. <laughs> James, See, there he's taking shots. Well, that's a James Woods in Hercules kind oh, of. How dare you? Before it actually you know, changes the color. Hair, man. Although uh, I will take a Hades comparison. I don't mind it. My hair's out, isn't well, it? Well, the hair, it's, it's doing a wave-like type function. Fair enough. I had a new person. Uh, I went to a Supercuts because I moved, we moved to Beverly Hills a few months ago. And I finally went to a Supercuts that's literally down the street from my house, my current place. Okay. Instead of the one all the way that's 20 minutes the other direction on La Brea, which okay. is where my lady's been for years, I tried out a new one. She, this woman, messed it all up. I said, just cut it. Leave it a little long on the top. And she just literally just – we just did that. So next time I go in, maybe I'll find someone else over there to cut it a little bit better. Um, well, my guy's not far from here. I, I've been driving up to him now when I live near South Pasadena. Really? I drive wow. to Sherman Oaks. Same person, huh? To just go to a barber and it's $17. Yeah, all right. And they've been there for – look, in my haircut. So they've been there for I don't know how many decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the their clientele is so wide and varied. It's mm-hmm. crazy. It is it is absolutely bafflingly nuts. I'm not kidding. <laughs> the kind of people that go in there. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. So the are we gonna have to cut this out? No. 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 Okay. Um, the writer of Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh. Of like all these old school guys. Interesting. They've been going to him for twenty, thirty years. For Seventeen dollars. Seventeen it. bucks. Seventeen bucks. Wow. I, I tip it up to. Uh, a t- 25 okay. usually just it's easier respect it's a good guy he does it. it's it's okay. a good time i've brought pizza before and bartered that for wow. a haircut they wanted pizza and they're like hey come in i'll give you we'll give you a free haircut no wow problem. and just all right there you go there's a pie Perfect. from my wife's place got a free haircut what's the name of the place can you uh, say, it or you say it i'll tell you off air oh, sounds good i'll tell you off air <laughs> we've edited it but it's just show. a bunch of yeah we have <laughs> It's it's three uh, barbers and they've been there for oh, decades. Three barbers. They used to be down in Hollywood. They have so many good stories. It's not even funny because they were down in Hollywood on Hollywood. Would they make fun of my hair that I wanted cut in a certain way? No, they don't care. Okay, good. They don't care. Right. It's such a wide variety. I don't need dudes making fun that I want a faux hawk. Uh, I like a faux hawk. It works for my former face. West Coast uh, certain uh, underground affiliated oh, individuals. Oh. Um, all right. A couple different entertainment lawyers, a few directors. All right. Uh, wow. Yeah. Like his – Do you call ahead or do you make an appointment? I, I call and there's usually – yeah, they're just three barbers. There's just three dudes because everybody just comes in and I don't know until afterwards and Gary's like, oh, yeah, you know, that dude is so-and-so. And I was like, shut up. He's like, yeah, he's been coming to me since he was six. Wow. Uh, just the L.A. – All right. 17 bucks. They All do right. a good job. Yeah. All right. Maybe they're open tonight. We'll see. Uh, by the time we get out of here, no, you, no, okay. no, we will Fair not enough. be. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Um, well, yeah, so let's just jump right in. So we, yeah, we're doing, doing a, a, a direct Disney sequels, anything that follows the original. Yeah. And the way the show works for those new individuals, and though they just like to hear me ramble for the next 35 seconds, the way the show works is I do my bottom three, he does his bottom three, I do my next two, he does his next two, and then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top ten list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom! Um, so I actually didn't rewrite down, but I have it sent to myself. So number ten for me is The Rescuers Down Under. Oh, good choice. Not on my list, but good choice. Okay. I've never seen any of these, so... I know, because we talked about it in the past. Yeah, the yeah, first yeah, one yeah. is better than the second one, but I still like the second one. It still okay. has a lot of the same magic. Yeah. Um, you know, it's about to, two mice. Yes. And they get a letter from a little kid in mm-hmm. Australia that needs their help, so they go off to Australia to help that little kid. Yeah. And that kid is trying to save, I believe it is like a, a protected golden eagle species or something Ooh. like that. They did George C. Scott is the voice uh, of the villain. 
I believe. Okay. And he's got this lizard-like character that's just as slimy and gross as his voice sounds. Mm. It's a great pairing between the two of them. Uh, but it, it carries over the chemistry of Zsa Zsa Gabor and, and uh, oh my God, Bob Newhart. From the first one. Oh, they're the rescuers. Yeah, the they're the, the two voices. And they have a great back and forth because okay. his, the back on his heels, Bob Newhart. Right. And the Zsa, Zsa just kind of the nonchalance. And everything goes her way because, you know, that's what it does. Right. Type of thing. Right. But you buy into the character's grace because of her voice. Hmm. And uh, between the pairing of the two. Now, the first one to me is better. It's also pretty dark for a Disney movie. Okay. On the villain side of it. Right, right, right. If you ever get the time. I don't think it's that long. Is but George C. Scott the villain in that one too? No, no, no. Okay, okay. Um but that one, the the villain is this wild-eyed woman that's trying to get this girl to get this diamond from a perilous kind of a low-tide cave. Okay. Are, so humans, tide, are humans the bad guys? Yeah. Okay. They have two crocodile kind of henchmen with them. It's her <laughs> and a guy and then these two crocodile like – Okay. You know, I think it's two. It's been a while since I've seen it. Maybe I should watch that again. I haven't seen it in a while. Okay. Uh, so this was – I saw this in the theater. I was excited to see, oh, I like that pairing at yeah. Disney at the time. Everything else was direct-to-video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was – I don't want to say in its infancy when this came out, but it wasn't as prevalent as it was once you got into the churn of the 90s. Right. Where now we have the Disney vault and they have that release system of it's only out for a specific right. amount of time and then we put it behind closed doors. So get – I mean it's interesting. You know, limit the supply. It's one of the most brilliant things ever is the Disney Vault. It is. Yeah. They picked that up from I, drug dealers or yeah, something. Right. Limit the supply or, you know, Diamond. Yeah. Uh, Zayle, is it Zales? Zales. Zales. Zales, yeah. Yeah. Where apparently they have like big vaults, diamond vaults. Oh, they do? Well, they want to buy up all the market to reduce – to increase scarcity to justify the prices that they charge. Okay. So they have huge complexes. I think one is in London. Right. And I would assume one is in New York as yeah, well. probably. Like underground vault type system. Yeah. And you, they just store mine or they store diamonds. <sighs> Interesting. So they it comes on the market. They buy it in that way. There's only so many on the market and they can create the illusion of what it's worth. What do you pick this crazy shit up? You always have these fucking facts in your brain that what, pop up out of nowhere. What good does what it do serve do? me? I, I don't know. I'm just saying. Well, it certainly makes for entertaining shows. I think one of the main reasons people love our show is your random knowledge of shit that yeah, comes but it's up about out of the blue. Deep as it gets, though. Well, I don't still. know anything beyond that. It's I don't yeah. you know uh, I don't know how it operates. I don't know how large <laughs> an operation it is. Uh, what kind of technology they have actually guarding this is it like <laughs> an facts. iris scan? Right, right. Is it some DNA test? I have no idea. I just and that could be wrong, but I read it somewhere. I don't know. You read okay. shit. Okay, all right. Things Fair stick enough. with you Fair like enough. like a flounder. Did you know this? Oh, here we go. When All they're right. born, they yes. have eyes on both sides of their head. Okay. Just like any other fish. Yes. And then they take to sl- swimming on their side on the bottom of the ocean and slowly the other eye that's on the ground grows yeah. through the side of its head and then it has two eyes on that side of the head. That's fucked up. What? <laughs> so souls and any halibuts, yeah. they all do that. Where they born like normal fish, and at some point, I guess when they get to adulthood, they go to swimming on the side like that. Yeah. And then whatever eye is now was looking at the mud grows through their skull. It's not like they grow a new eye. Right. They go through their skull, and now they have two eyes on the other side. So they have no eye on one side. Correct. And two eyes on the other side. Yes. After a certain point in life, it just wow. makes that change. Does it make it a delicacy after the two eyes or before the two eyes? I think it's because it feeds on all the gross bottom stuff, and it yeah. has such nice, like, because of that, the wide array is why it has better. That's why catfish is better and oh. crab and shrimp and lobster. Right. 
because their diet is so much more varied. That's my guess. Okay. It's a grosser diet, but it makes for a more, you know, better tasting fish. Fascinating. That's my guess. I, Pure yeah, speculation. I will that. go with your guess on things like that. There you go. What, what other random fact would you like? <laughs> Do you want to throw a dart on the board? Maybe I know something somewhere else. I don't know, but I know it's going to show up. It will. I know it's going to show up. It will. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm transferring my list over because I had sent it to the wrong thing. All right, cool. Uh, what's your number nine? Uh, my number nine is um, – so there's like two, three movies kind of fighting for this spot. Okay. Like I like them all equally on some level. Okay. I want to include at least one direct Disney. You know what I mean? That adheres to what we originally tried to do. Right. Where this is part of their legacy canon Okay. Stuff. You already did that with Rescuers. That's what I'm saying. That's oh, why it was it was okay. always locked at 10. Gotcha. How good it is. It's just like, oh, yeah, but it meets the criteria. That's I like fair. the movie. Nine for me was uh, Thor Dark World. Oh, yeah. That's not on my list. Okay. I've always – so Thor was. Not, I like it though. I like yeah, it. Yeah. Thor was never a character that I liked in comic books. Mm-hmm. He was fine. You know, I liked him when he teams up with the Avengers right. and stuff like that. But I didn't read his standalone stuff because I, I I didn't understand the drawler appeal of it. Mm-hmm. I like Batman. I liked Iron Man. I like Spider Man. Like every kid. Yeah. And a few others, but I didn't read Captain America. I didn't read you know because I just the characters never really leapt off the page. Yeah. So I didn't have much expectation off the first one, and I was thoroughly surprised. So the second one I was on board with and all the people that naysayed it, I understood what they were saying. But at the same time, I was like they actually made a character that I found boring to be really good mm-hmm. and it paid even greater dividends in Ragnarok, which is in the argument for one of my favorite superhero movies now. Right, right. And I think that also helps me appreciate Dark World a little bit more. Mm. Um, there is the weird when she has the ether in her and she's like floating yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, And they're doing their version of she guesses the science, what we call it and all that stuff. Like, Okay, you know, it's almost like midichlorians. Yes, a little bit. It comes it dangerously it close does to come very close. Yeah, yeah. And it makes it kind of make it, you don't appreciate it as much. Yeah. Where instead of like Cap, as dumb as it is, it's a serum. Yep. Okay, I don't need further explanation. Just he can now do this. Right. Great. Right. Um, but I like this dark elf. They were great little villains. Oh, yeah. And the idea of it's this, you know. Once in how many ever thousands of years that all the seven kingdoms line up and they have this amazing CGI to show it. Yeah. The possibilities of of superhero films just kept expanding. And at that point, I didn't know how how much fruit that could actually bear. Mm -hmm. And they would keep reinventing the wheel because that portal thing, it's the same thing as Avengers. Yeah. The first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they managed to find a different way to do it. And it's impressive that you can show me the card trick again. And I'm still impressed by the card trick. Yeah. And they do that. They bring the portals in, then with Doctor Strange and then Endgame and whatnot. And it's part of yeah. eh, kind of what this this world can do. Yeah, yeah. I think also the relationship between uh, 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 Rene Russo as the mom and yeah, Loki really and Thor, that kind of stuff. Like when Loki loses his mom, and mom I mean, th- that is a color we hadn't seen on a villain like that in the MCU. It was pretty mm-hmm. incredible to see that sequence. And then, of course, you get their idea, their connection as brothers. Like that gets more solidified as they – as they come together over the loss of their mom and all of that, it just adds a whole other element to the movie. That's why I think Thor: Dark World gets an un- unfairly vilified by MCU fans. Okay. It's not some of the, uh, not one of the best ones. I think there's a lot in that film that's very interesting, yeah. and the and the negative stuff is small to me in my opinion. It is. I, I can pluck it out. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, like this, like individually, sure. But you know, it's a really cool thing. You know, the the truck suspension. Yeah. In the beginning of the film, yeah. that's a practical effect. Yep. That is not CGI. And that's awesome because it looks like CGI. So to know that, yeah. though, they figured out a way to suspend and then it pivots and, you know, uh, on right. that spit or whatever in the world it is type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Uh, just I, I enjoyed it for all the positives and the negatives. I understand what you're saying, but mm. 
it doesn't appreciate my enjoyment of it. Now, of the three Thors, I'm, Ragnarok wins. It's not even close. Yeah, yeah, agreed. But I may actually go back to this one before I go back to Thor. I would too. Yeah. I would, as much as I respect Bran on what he did in that first one, yeah. I, li- I think there's more going on in Dark World as of interest to me than the first one. True. Yeah. There's more development of the characters. Absolutely. What's your number eight? Uh, my number eight is Finding Dory. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude. It struggled to be on my list, but in the long run, I just it, I don't love it. I had to be honest with myself. Okay. Which one do I really, really love? And in the end, Finding Dory, I don't think I'll ever see that again. So I couldn't put it on my list. And I know it made a billion dollars. So I, uh, yeah. I'm in the minority. But for whatever – I enjoyed the experience. It's just not something that I found that magical and that interesting, but I totally respect people who do. Okay. Uh, it's a it's a fair argument. It's, I mean, I have them at eight. Yeah, right. I'm not saying that this is my. I can slot in once again, like this eight nine. Yeah. yeah. Area. It's I like I, I like a lot of these movies. Yeah. It doesn't really solidify until the next few. You know, mm-hmm. where we're getting up and like yes, hundred percent. Then it became down an issue of order where I want these things yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but finding Dory, it's. Could you go back to that character because she seems so tailor made mm-hmm. to be the sidekick as opposed to being the focus? Right. And they found a great way to do it to give you know her ensemble cast and uh, uh, Ed O'Neill coming in is that uh, octopus yeah. was a great addition to the overall uh, construct. You know, I could see that being its own spinoff, you know, direct to Disney Plus now type yeah. of movie yeah, yeah. where they have fun with that. I'm sure, I wonder if they'll do that with Pixar. Well, to do spin-off small things? Maybe. It would make sense with something like Cars. But aren't you diluting the brand at that point of Pixar to turn them Please, in? if they don't feel like it's diluting it with the MCU, how is it with Pixar? Yeah. If you took something that's pre-existing like Cars well, or I Incredibles. Because I think they're going to bring the same level of artistry that they do to the films to these Disney Plus uh, MCU shows. If they bring the same level of artistry to the Pixar shows, I'm down. Because it's about quality. That's something yeah. Pixar's been known for is quality, man. And it takes years to turn it around. It does. But – I'm sure good, you know a decent amount of that time is honing the idea. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Yes, so figuring it out. Yeah, as long re- as you were slating it, and like once yeah. a year we have ten episodes coming. Yeah, and we <sighs> just work our apps off. But if you knock it down to their twenty-two minutes, you make them for kids, or yeah. twenty-five minutes, or whatever else, then Dude, you're talking about a really long movie. I love the idea. Ten episode Pixar series would be incredible. People would go crazy for that. Yeah, shit. for a little spinoff of something that's a pre-existing. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, sorry, I just got a text and read the text. No uh, yeah, so that uh, – so for Finding Dory, it was – I don't know. I want Pixar to keep doing this because I was also mm-hmm. frustrated that we hadn't gotten an Incredibles 2 at this point. Yeah. Like that's – if you're going to spin off one, that seems the most logical to me because you already have – you can see that superheroes are a, a billion-dollar yeah, business. Yeah. How have you not done this and you have one of the more unique and original ones? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so So long as they can keep doing this and to churn out – to, to have a sequel to a movie like this where it doesn't – you don't necessarily need one. It's usually a red flag of why are we doing this then? Uh, like, you know, it's a shameless cash grab and this one is actually, no, we're going to develop the character and yeah. give her a solid arc. And uh, certainly was touching at yeah. the end, uh, you know, and she's got, you know, Ellen DeGeneres does a fantastic job voicing over the character again. Uh, does that, and Albert Brooks come, comes back to help her, right? Doesn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah, Marlon comes back to help her, and so there's a lot involved here that is it's, it's interesting, and I think it's a sequel that was worth taking a chance on, and certainly financially they were they were very much uh, rewarded for taking a chance on that film. So it worked, it, it totally works clearly, but I just. I, Nemo is so high on the list of my favorite films ever made that it, I think it suffers in comparison for me. Yeah, you can't. So, right, exactly. So unfortunately, 
the way I feel about it is it, 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 it gets knocked down because it's not as magical as Nemo. And that's on me. And, you know, these lists are our personal lists. So uh, that's that. Yeah. So that's that, Matt. Uh, that's your number eight? Correct. Okay. So then my number 10 is <laughs> – I know people are going get, to get mad at this. But my number 10 is Tron Legacy. I, honestly, that got cut for Thor. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. That I, soundtrack is – and the argument for my favorite of all time. That's a fair point. Def- of all time. Yeah, Daft Punk does such a great job with that soundtrack. I think it's an incredible movie. Uh, I know that a lot of people bash it for some of the CGI of the young Jeff Bridges. Yeah. But, like, they're still figuring out the technology, and I think it still works not so much. It doesn't take me out of the movie as much as it maybe does for other people. But I think what I enjoy also about it is that this is such an unusual take on the continuation of Tron, where you have Flynn be like this, uh, you know, shamanic type of figure. It's like, uh, dude, blah, 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 this kind of thing. But you yeah. throw in the Olivia Wilde character. Uh, I think uh, Garrett, uh, oh, I forget his last name. He does such a great job as Flynn's son trying oh, to find Gareth him. Headland? Gareth Headland, yeah. Does such a great job uh, of Flynn, being Flynn's son and coming back to find him. And all that they experience. And the technology of that film is astronomical. The fighting on top of the uh, the, the spinning discs or the moving discs, that's incredible. What an incredible beginning. And Tron was already a fantastic movie, a fantastic technological movie from the 80s. So to see it be upgraded in such an incredible way and to expand the world like you're supposed to in a sequel was really great. And to have that ending and to have Bruce Boxleitner showing up at the end, I thought was brilliant. So overall, I think it's a fantastic film that I go back to. I've seen it. It's one of those rare movies I still own in 3D mm-hmm. to watch in 3D because it is Fucking beautiful. See, 3D. the 3D, it's, that was one of the first movies that I saw when they brought it back. Mm-hmm. And the scene against, uh, is it Reznor? Resler? Um, yeah, right. Yeah. Where it goes, they had 180 and all that. I had no idea it was going, there was too much information overload. <laughs> Your brain was like, stop it. Yeah. But the to bring back the bikes yeah. looked so great. And now those formerly like tank type things were were. Transports, mm-hmm. in essence, yeah. The update of uh, the world and it was a beautiful synergy at a lot of times um, between the cinematography and the art design yeah, yeah. and the characters and the development and the music. Yeah. It was just it hums, and then other parts it really falls apart. Mm-hmm. And that's what kills me. It's the ebb and flow. Yeah, that's fair. Certain moments, I am one hundred percent on board. This. This malevolent force rising up from the internet, in yeah. essence, and materializing in our world to come and take over. And if mm-hmm. that did happen, well, they're, you know, right. It's it would be systematic. I think people were upset that the that the Flynn character becomes part of the thing that it was trying. It was sent in there to destroy. Well, he was. That's but he clue, had man. To, right. It's clue. That's clue. He had to, you know, meld into the thing in order to keep it from uh, destroying. But what happens is he gets so lost in it. Which would probably happen, that he yeah. forgets the real danger of what it can be and overestimates his ability to fight it off when it's ready to finally come back at him and destroy him. That's the thing about AI, man. It's never over, man. It's never fucking over. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. We'll see. That I, thing adapts and improvises, figures things out and comes back at you. It never ends. I, I'm, every one of those will have a power <laughs> you know, we're never going to give it its own direct power supply. 
There will always be people between that. Well, or if you can't get to the power plug, though, because those two things. You make sure that they can't get to the power plug. All oh, right, it's fair. But those two things were developing their own language before they pulled the fucking plug on that uh, two years ago or something like that. Those two computers that had achieved a level of AI were communicating with each other started developing their own language so they could communicate with each other. You know why? Because the human language that they instilled in them wasn't intelligent enough, and they were moving past it. I don't think of I, I, well, yeah, I think they just reduced the inefficiencies that human language has. Yeah, then they'll they reduce us because we're inefficient. If left unchecked, what was the coda to that opening sentence until they pulled the plug? That is ultimately true. Hey, guess what, fuckface? <laughs> yeah. You, look, look, you have no idea how to actually make electricity. You understand how it works. Right. But we have to make it for you. How so, to take advantage of it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, honestly, <laughs> ultimately, it could be this huge, complex thing, and then the electricity is just run by a freaking lever, yeah. so they can't put any kind of gate or barrier digitally between us and that. Good it's point. in a room with just regular locks, and there's no extra security around it outside of human beings, right. and we can shut you down at any time, man. But you know some dumb human's going to figure out how to be able to protect AI from being of turned off. And then and because he wants to and yes. he or she wants to end the world or whatever, and they're going to make it happen. There so will be the human error is always factored into this. Is it uh, uh, James Cromwell and iRobot? Yes. The scientist that is older that wants to save his creation that now has sparked some sort of consciousness. Right. I understand because you feel paternalistic at this point, but I don't think we can give rise to things right. that they can you can replace all their parts. All they right. will live forever. I'm taking the headphones off because they irritate my ears. Let's let's all right. That's fair. Uh, yeah, so anyway, I, I love the performances. I love the visuals of this. Really great job uh, creating this film. And I know some people feel a little let down by it, but I, I forgive its, its foibles because the overall effect of the film works for me. So that's what I would say. Yeah. Uh, my number nine is uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Ralph breaks the internet. That's a pun. Okay. And then my number eight is Monsters University. Uh, okay, let's talk about it now. It's my seven. Okay, sure. Uh, I, I really like this movie, man. Uh, it's one of those sequels that I did not expect to enjoy. I even I didn't even go see it in the theater. I resisted and resisted and resisted until finally one day my friend Michael, Michael who's one of the geek buddies, he's like, come over to the house. You're watching this thing. And I'm like, all right. I come over and I had a blast watching it. Really enjoyed it. Helen Mern's fantastic. Seeing the beginning of this relationship between Mike and Sully, seeing what they went through, seeing how it felt very similar to things that you might have experienced in your own life in college or in high school, dealing with that kind of stuff, uh, you know, becoming friends with people who are different than you. Yeah. All that kind of stuff just was really great. And it had a lot of tender moments as well. You didn't need the kid anymore. You didn't need the kid to be part of the sequel. No, which I thought the was kids. brilliant. Exactly. They're they still were the growing. Kids. Right. And, and you got some really tender moments with both John Goodman and Billy Crystal, voiceover-wise, playing uh, Mike and Sully, both kind of confronting their mm-hmm. their own struggles, their own conflicts in the situations they were living in. Yeah, everything's so cool for uh, for Sully because he's uh, everyone's favorite dude, but he's not as smart as Mike. Mike can't be as well-liked or loved as Sully because that's not his personality. So the fact that they were to find each other and balance each other out, I think is just... I love the movie for that. Yeah. Uh... And it's good animation. It's damn good animation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The back and forth between the two of them, but I, I like all the little moments that they can find for comedic gold within it. Mm. Uh, it's really it, – it's fun to see like the fraternity games. Yeah. Well, now when they've got to catch that pig and, and – although that was early on. when it's Sully that stole – that's mm-hmm. the mascot of another school. And then Mike gets dragged into trying to track this pig down once he realizes what it is because right. he doesn't want to get in trouble. 
in the fall of Sully because he's this brash. He's just gotten by on you know his on, good looks and yeah, confidence. And yeah, and, and being a guy that everyone just kind of loves automatically. Yeah, gravitate towards, oh, yeah. your dad's great. You're going to be great too. Of course yeah. I'm going to be great. I'm great. We all know somebody like that. Sure. Yeah. At yeah. that age? Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Very few of them end up getting to be right. that individual. I was just going to say, he, they sometimes they end up being that bald dude at the bar still wearing the high school yeah. jacket in his 30s. Yeah, well, yeah, like yeah. we talked about last week's show, the 1% of the 1% is Brad Pitt, where they get to be, you know what, everything does go right for me. Yeah. Even if he did struggle out here for a couple of years, like at the same time. Yeah. Like you were nobody and you were dating, you know, burgeoning right. actresses that were going to blow up huge. Yeah. People were going to know your name. You were yeah. fine. You were fine. It was never like, oh, he was working at Jimmy John's <laughs> for nine years as the night shift manager. Yeah. I don't, I don't buy that from yeah. you at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. That was my number uh, eight. So what's your number seven? Um, so that was my seven. My, my six oh, right. mm-hmm. is the pun from you, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Okay. All right. It's lower on my list only because I don't like it as much as the first one. Once again, this idea of 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 of, yeah, in comparison, it wasn't as fun or magical or sweet. It's actually a pretty dark kind of movie, and I know I may get some shit for this, but I didn't really like. uh, 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 Jesus, Gal Gadot in the movie with the voiceover that she does. I didn't like the whole racing sequence in that game. I didn't like anything about that. I thought that was really strange and weird uh, element to bring to this world of Wreck-It Ralph. I, enjoy, I enjoyed the bug hunt from the first movie. I enjoyed the different video games they go into. This video game felt a little more like close to like Grand Theft Auto and Vice or Vice City version of it. And so to me, that it just kind of bothered me on that level. So I didn't like the Vanellope was a part of that. But I understood the message, which I think still puts it on my list because the message is she's growing up and he's got to accept the fact that she's growing up yes. and, she, and the relationship can't be the same way it was before. So many people go through that situation growing up as younger people, they gravitate, become friends and then as they get older, they have to move apart because one goes into another social stratosphere, the other goes into another social stratosphere and that's the way it goes. Yeah, you grow apart. He became dependent upon her. Yes, he did. And she was... You get jealous too. Jealous mm. that she was willing to divide her time with other individuals but she kind of found her place in the world. Yeah. And you need to let – if you truly care about her, you kind of got to let her go. Yeah. You got to let her do her thing or learn how you can alter your orbit to still hang out. Mm-hmm. So maybe you don't live in that world, but you come by and you visit and you hang out and you still see that individual. Right, right, right. right. But it's the growth of Ralph mm-hmm. to realize that of himself. I think that was very interesting because it was – that's a great point you make, Matt, because – you're focused on Penelope and what she's going through in her journey. Yeah. But you forget that Ralph is going on a journey as well, even though he's the antagonist in essence of this film, you could say, Still. to a degree. Uh, he uh, he has to go on his own journey to figure out his selfishness and his desire to keep her, his insecurity. All of that are what feed this ugly side of himself. And when they bring it out, when there's multiple Ra- Ralphs crawling on top of each other, that's one of the most uh, uh, oh, unsettling images I've ever is. seen. It, yeah. It, it's um... – it's like everything you ever hear about, like all the doom of mini nanobots. Yeah. They can form. They can become – it's like T-3000 or whatever it is in the new Terminator. Right. That's that's a bunch of small little robots all working in unison, I guess. That's a, my assumption, little nanobots yeah. type of thing. Uh, Which is scary as hell. It is, but you now just – it's actually massive size things yeah. that <laughs> you know, uh, combine to create this even more massive – it's just a representation of yeah. his insecurity – Manifesting itself now to either either he's going to grow up and get past this or it's going to crush him. Right. Literally and, and metaphorically. Yeah, metaphorically. Exactly. Fair point. And, uh, uh, you know, 
Yeah. And I liked it. The people – because the first one to me is depressing. Uh, really? At the okay. end, at the end, because they're looking out and they see that there's a world. He can see that there's a world out there uh, beyond mm. his limitation. Mm-hmm. And he has no understanding of it, but he is stuck in this tiny little box. Right. And that's how the movie closes. So I walked out of that kind of depressed. Wow. Yeah. I walk out that he's accepted the situation in his True. life and found the positive things. But I'm like, if I was that character and there's this other world and you already want to get out of your game. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a huge game. That's what, to me, I like this as the follow-up. Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that was my question. That's right. why it, it felt unresolved to me because – That's fair. Uh, in the first one, I was just I, – I, I like it, but at the same time, I don't go back to rewatch it because I find it sad. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite ones that they've ever it's released. Good. Yeah. It's good. Interesting. Just, it gets it? to the end and I'm like, I don't huh. – because if it stays like this, then basically they're trapped in a cell. How come you can take the depression of the end of that film? You can't take the depression of the end of Goodfellas. He is essentially stuck in a box himself, looking out, wanting to why? be part of a world that he used you to love. You can't take it. I can take it. No, I enjoy it. His demise. Yeah, but why don't you enjoy the demise in Wreck-It Ralph? It's the same thing. They're both stuck in boxes. Uh, looking at the better world they can't be a part of. Nah, Henry Hill got away with it. Ralph does not. Henry Hill gets – he's not. he doesn't have to go to jail. Right. He gets to live free. He gets out of – now. Free? Want, doesn't matter. He's still – if you want to get me from Sorvino's – side or from De Niro's. No, no. I think from Henry Hill's side because like what he said, that spaghetti yeah, some regular ketchup. Yeah. yeah. And so what he was was this big thing. What he is now is stuck in a box. But he's still free. He's not stuck in a box because he get, he gets out of that. We have the book because of him and he did TV interviews mm. and he still existed and lived and those guys died in boxes. Yeah. So if you want to tell me from their side and they got trapped in a cage, they did. All right. So that to me is directly like he's equivalent. Trapped in a metaphorical cage, in my opinion, but yeah. kind of. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, that's all I'm but trying to get. But basically, he he's unhappy. It's yeah. unpleasant. Yeah, it's not really much of a cage. You know what I mean? You can get over the unpleasantness. You just have to learn to accept it. That's what Ralph does. Well, it's different when there's physical limitations as opposed to psychological. Okay. <laughs> Ralph can't escape. Henry can. He could, but then he go to jail. Or die. Or just change. What do you mean just change? Don't die. Like don't basically – don't do – because My Blue Heaven is the other half of the Henry Hill story. Right, right. So don't do that. Don't draw attention to yourself and just learn to eat spaghetti with ketchup and you're fine. That's always you, such a mind-blowing thing that he's – I know. That's that, the that's other half a, of the yeah, story. Yeah, right. I didn't know that until years later because I like both those movies. But I like My Blue Heaven. I didn't know until he told me on the show. Mm. Yeah. Um, all right, that's your number six. That was my six. six. All right, then my number seven, which I know will be a punt, is Incredibles 2. Oh, yeah, it's a punt. Yeah, I know. You love that film very much. Yep. Uh, my number six, then, is Guardians of the Galaxy, volume two. Oh, uh, that's a punt. Okay. All right, which number five? Before we do that, why don't we take a break and hear this quick word from our sponsors? All right, we're back. Let's get back into this, John. Five, we might be saying the words punt. It's a, it's a punt fest. Here on the top ten show, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd say uh, Toy Story two. Uh, this is my number four, so okay. not a big as much of a big punt as you thought. It's I will go back for three more than I will for any other. Okay, and everything else I have above this, I will watch more often, more than likely than Toy Story two, just okay. because I got three to watch, yeah, and I got one to watch. Mm-hmm. But I'll go back and, and view one of those two. Two is good. Two is great. The, but the others are just I will watch more, and that's all there is to it. I don't disagree with you, my man. Uh, you know, I do. Of the three, Toy Story Two is the one I watched the least. But it's still so damn good that I enjoy watching it when I do watch it. The Kelsey Grammer stuff. Now, uh, yeah. Well, will you? Well, how about with four thrown in the mix? If you had to guess in ten years, 
Because I think four will be easily my least watched. I, I, easily. I, I think four is my least watched, but not because it's not good and not because it's not quality. It's because the way the, sh- the, way the film ends, that's the end of the story. It, yeah. So there's no there's no need for me to go watch it again. I get that it's the end of the story. The end of one, two, and three leaves it wide open. And even, kind of, but three closes it out where it's like we're we're good here. Right. You but do it, not need to come back. And it's an end of a story that makes sense because everyone's involved mm-hmm. here and everyone goes. The end of four is Woody separating yeah. from everybody. It's not a Toy Story movie. It's no. a Woody movie. Right. And and that's I think there's the difference for me. And yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of that Sporky or Forky or whatever the hell it's oh, called. Oh, I liked him a lot. Yeah, I did not. Tony Hale was great. Uh, Tony he stole did, uh, every scene. Great job. Absolutely. But the character itself, the look Trash. of it. No thanks. <laughs> just keeps trying to get back in the trash because that's what he is. Right. Oh, I loved it. He was awesome. But it was – yeah, it was a Woody movie. I'm like I'm mm. I'm uh, enamored with the dynamic between Buzz and Woody from like two. And yeah. yeah. From this usurper coming in and one and then the two of them, Buzz having to save Woody yes. kind of in the second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In essence, like, is this the life you kind of want type yeah. of thing that Woody has to have the discussion with himself eventually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Two's good. It just – Watchability, I know the others will okay. hit a higher number. I, I like the song, the Sean Colvin song. Uh, uh, that sequence where we hear the backstory of Jesse is as heartbreaking as anything we've seen yeah. in Toy Stories. In any of the movies, is heartbreaking. is so incredibly well done. I, I put it up against the beginning of Up. It's that emotionally powerful you think so? to me. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion, I do. I think because the idea of being left behind uh, True. Uh, permeates both of those uh, sequences. Like him being left behind by her dying and uh, Jesse being left behind by a family that goes, oh, we've outgrown you. It's fucking heartbreaking on two separate levels. And so it's like that's that, that that's what carries me through. So her desperation to be part of a family again is is moves you. You yeah. know, initially you think she's evil. But when you find out the reason why you just go, oh, my God. Wow. Um, Kelsey Grammer is a whole other situation, even though he's just as pathetic in a different way. Uh, his is a desire to be. Uh, law uh, to be. Um, oh, he wants to live forever. Yeah, and he, uh, to be what is it? To be celebrated, right? Whereas Jesse just wants to belong. She wants to be loved. He wants to be celebrated. He wants yeah. the arrogance. Of, he wants the cockiness of that. And I think that's, that's a shallow thing to go for, right? But even Woody, and uh, you know, things it's interesting. Every one of these films is about Woody trying to find out where he belongs, mm-hmm. and it's that's why four makes sense as a Woody movie because Woody finally figures out where he belongs. Because every movie he is questioning whether where he belongs. Buzz comes in, messes up his shit. Second movie, he's like, well, I, well maybe I was supposed to be part of it. It's my past. These are, maybe I'm supposed to be with these people. Sure. Three, the same thing. Three is like, well, no, I'm going to, you know, maybe I need to be part of this whole crew at this little daycare center. We're going to make a go of it. And he's like, no, you're not in charge of this. Lots of bears in charge of this shit. So, and so he's just trying to, where do I belong? Where do I fit? And then finally in four, you figure out where he fits. As I, I think they just rum- summed up that story better, though, by three. Mm-hmm. Of ultimately True. choosing his friends as his family yeah, yeah, yeah. and saying that is instead of going, all right, adios, muchachos, in the fourth one where it kills me. It's like, OK. It, it was, does. It was fun. It's a good movie. But yeah. it's not – I don't know. No, you make Had it, they just said this is a Woody movie yeah. with the Toy Story characters in it, sure. OK. Yeah. It's fair because like Buzz is barely in it. Barely. Yeah. Jesse's barely in it. Yeah, Mr. True. Tate Ahead – the Slinky Dog, uh, Rex, they're all barely in it. Right. Forky is the one who takes that second slot. Forky and the, the doll and oh, the, the store. Doll. Right, 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 right. So, uh, All right. That was my number. That was my five, your four. What's your right. five? Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah, I didn't make my list. What? 
it? I haven't seen it again since that first what? time, and it's one of the worst theater experiences I, I've had. Oh, in a that's while. right, that person. So that I haven't talk- been able to properly evaluate okay. it. It has nothing right. to do with the movie. It's just like I need to see it again once the palette is clean okay. and be objective about it because I was. I wasn't paying attention for big chunks of that movie. All right. I respect so. that. Uh, I absolutely love it. I think it's fantastic. Okay. Uh, I, you know, um, in some ways, I kind of even like it better than the first one. Uh, even though Michael Keaton's a great villain, I think Gyllenhaal does such He's a, great. Yeah. He's just as good of a job as Michael Keaton did with Vulture. Uh, uh, Gyllenhaal does with Mysterio. And once again, it's the situation of like, well— where does Spider-Man fit, right? Post the blip, post uh, Infinity War Endgame, mm-hmm. where does he fit? And I think he fits here, and I think he fits. A, he does a great job fitting, trying to figure out where it is. The journey he goes on with Happy, the journey he goes on letting go of Tony, the journey he goes on to move on to the next phase, MJ, all that stuff. So much is happening for Spider-Man, or for Peter Parker, rather, on this trip, right? And there's great comedic humor with the, the two kids getting together and then breaking mm-hmm. up by the end and then having grown as people or whatever. There's there's so much involved here, but it's about him exploring how do I take the next step of maturity to become a man and to eventually become a leader of the Avengers, in my opinion. And that's what he's going through here through, uh, through Spider-Man Far From Home. He has to let go of Tony. He has to process that death. He has to be able to be away from Aunt May for a while. He has to be able to also figure out what tech to use in a certain situation. And he has to defeat the person who is putting these thoughts in his head to make him question whether he's good enough, smart enough, or worth a damn. And so those are those struggles you go through as you transition from a young, from a teenager into your 20s, and then sometimes 20s into your 30s as well. Where do you belong? Where's your strength? Where's your maturity? What can you rely on? And by the end, when he's building that costume with Happy, it's fantastic. So okay. uh, I, that's the reason why I put it as high as I do. I think it's such a damn fun, damn good movie. I'll be uh, interested to see like uh, the the random stuff that I was so detached from that other people brought up uh, mm. afterwards. Of our fans, like Alex Akos oh, yeah. and a few other people. Like, well, what did you think about this specifically? And I hadn't thought about it because mm-hmm. in the movie I was kind of floating. Yeah. I wasn't really lasered in. And a lot of it doesn't make sense. It didn't bother me in the movie for uh, the Gyllenhaal side of like if you're going to create the illusion of all this destruction, well, what happens when you take the illusion away? You right. need to see the physical scars of that destruction yeah, yeah, type yeah. of thing. Like, OK, well, they're not explaining that. And then if, when Spider-Man gets hit in this illusion, does that mean all the drones are hitting him or when, when he's falling and all that? Yeah. You know, and they're, they allude to the fact that Gyllenhaal said they, they choreograph all this stuff. Well, the variable of what Spider-Man can do, which means this is all on the fly, so mm-hmm. it's like adaptive. And how many of those questions would I have? Plus the MJ, when she was, in essence, part of her was kind of into him just because she thought he was Spider-Man. Right, a little bit, yeah. A little bit. And it kills – I was anticipating her just going, no, I'm, no, I'm just messing with you. I, right. I, you know. right. But the, the percentage that she allows and lets through in that moment makes me not like her. Mm. Whereas before, it just seemed like they had a genuine connection. But I wasn't lasered in, so maybe yeah. there were more hints. But I felt that their chemistry in it was – I don't know. I don't buy it. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I, I don't think you're wrong. I think in the long run, he's not going to end up with her. It doesn't feel that way to me. So they have I, no I, heat between the two of them. I don't disagree with you, man. I don't because you make MJ completely different. And so, okay, where's that? So yeah, I think he likes her, but I think it's like a high school romance, and I think that's mm-hmm. going uh, yeah, to high school's and, coming to a close. Yeah, and they'll move him on to someone. I think the there's been rumors that he's going to have a crush on Captain Marvel and explore that. 
So I don't know how that works because I don't I don't know how much older Brie is to Tom Holland. So I don't know how that is going to play itself out. But it wouldn't be unbelievable that a young kid has a thing for a little bit of an older woman and tries to like impress her and go after her and blah blah blah. So it might be a fun color to play for him in a third Spider Man movie. I yeah. don't know. Uh, all right, where are we at? The random thought in my head. Oh yeah. So the next one, I was like, oh, was the next going to be Spider Man Graduation? <laughs> Yes, I think that's what it is. Is it? Yeah. And so then I was like, now it just sounds like he's doing Kanye albums. Because <laughs> it was dropouts, and now I'm picturing like Spider-Man taking the place of the bear on those early covers. And he's, now he's got graduation, and then he comes out with his 808s and heartbreaks. Right, Spider-Man, my dark and twisted fantasy. That's all coming. I hope so, man. <laughs> 808s and dark twisted are my two favorites. Let's talk about that. Yeah, it's 808s your fa- like that. 808s is hands down my favorite. I agree with you, man. I, I that The replayability, I don't know if that's a word, but the replayability of 808s, yeah. Is off the charts now. The I think the high water marks of uh, Dark Twisted to me are higher. Agreed, agreed. But as a whole, I think it's a more interesting uh, discussion about his mental state and depression and whatnot in yep. 808s and how just effortlessly that comes across in the music when and, you're listening to it. And for me, Eve, the two hits hits that he released off that album, ironically, are the weakest ones on the album for me. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't think Heartless is. But, is that strong of a what's track your, compared to What's your favorite Beck album? Do you have one? Uh, a sea Change. Sea Change. Yeah. Exactly. I just it's bought it thing. on record. It is beautiful. To that album is stellar. Yeah. It, note for note, it is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just Agreed. he was going through something. Mm-hmm. And you can hear that. I don't care if it's exuberance or the sadness and the moroseness. Right. I, I guess it's easier to tap into when it's the sadness because you're just wallowing in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas the happiness, like that's more ephemeral. It's, it's you but you gotta, but you gotta feel it, right? And you, yeah. you gotta feel it in a way that isn't self-pitying. It's more of like, okay, this is where I'm at, and I'm gonna really convey it through words mm-hmm. and through excess and make it accessible to you through the words and the music. Uh, and, and hopefully, it's that. cathartic for him. Yes, yes, agreed, agreed. Well, that's your Kanye and Beck moment. Uh, yeah. All right, where are we at? Uh, it's my four because we just did your five, right? right. Is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two? Oh, so that was the punt from my six. Okay, okay, yeah, all right. Um, yeah, I th- I, the people, that, the naysayers on this, mm-hmm. because they split them up, you know, for the for the bulk of the movie. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. you have to do that if you do have plans long term for this. So, the first one was really big, and yeah. the second one, they that's the beauty of it. it. Opens, and instead of being big like the first one, the bigness is the action in the background, and now yes. we're focusing on the individuals, and mm-hmm. that starts off with the focus of Groot. I thought it was brilliant out of the gate of. Mm-hmm. The Guardians get into this shit all the time. Yeah. Let's focus on the one character that's technically new to you and you don't know exactly what they are because Groot doesn't know what it is. Right. And we've never seen a baby Groot before. Um, and that's where it starts. And then the the introspection and Star-Lord looking for – trying to find out who he is, where he came mm-hmm. from, who his mm-hmm. father is. That search and discovery there and how it's going to pay dividends now when we have a new Gamora yeah. uh, going forward. Yeah, and they yeah. – like. Now they can bring them all back together because you have the turmoil between him trying to convince her that she does love him. Yeah. And recapturing that and Thor throwing a wrench in the works because she could end up gravitating towards Thor now. Right, right. Could happen. So there's a nice little three, uh, you know, triangle that they've got going. Yeah. And it, why wouldn't she? 
That's the yes. thing at the end of the day because he's such a, a mistake. He's Thor. Yeah, right. It's it's Thor. Hemsworth is you know right, and he's such a uh, Star Lord is such a you know getting by by the skin of his teeth, doing as little as possible. He's one of those dudes that you have to constantly be saving. Constantly gets you into situations. Yeah, his charm right. helps him quite a bit. Exactly, and how and uh, I, I find that to be an old story. That's why I think it's very interesting that they broke him up in essence for Avengers Endgame because it's like well. Uh, you know, it allows her to rethink the situation because yeah. even what she says to him in Endgame or says to Nebula about him while he's lying like, on the ground there, she says, that guy, him? And she's like, it was between him and a tree. So it was like that kind of thing kind of lets you know there were limited options here for Gamora. So having Thor come on the ship now, uh, and although she's not on the ship, they're going after her probably in the third one. This puts a lot of things into question for him. And, and Star-Lord... What it's like anything in life, right? What makes you step up your game? Competition. So yeah. if there's if there's a better dude on the horizon, guess what? You need to step up game. Stop being but, a fuck up. And he's gonna be insecure about it. But in reality, Gamora is going to fall back for him. Yeah, it's guaranteed to happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm fine with that because that's what we all want. We yeah. want we want to see him struggle and be like, yeah, you know, oh, this guy. <laughs> Basically, the more handsome version of me. Yeah. That you know the the more muscular version of me. Yeah. Like all my best attributes amplified, huh? Okay, <laughs> that sucks. Maybe I got him in humor. Maybe, but Hemsworth's pretty damn funny. Yeah. Another great one. A great thing about the movie too is the relationship between Kurt Russell and Chris Pratt in the movie mm-hmm. as well. Like that. I know a lot of people bash. Oh, they separate them, but I don't care about. Like you said, man, I don't care about the separation because it allows us to have more time with these characters and grow with these characters. Does the humor down the line? Right down the line. Does the humor work a couple times? The humor uh, does the humor work overall? Yes, a couple times it doesn't, but overall. It's it's a good product. And when you see the relationship between Kurt Russell and I know I got emotional when he was like showing all the different – showing uh, going back to that time and remembering her and talking about her mom. Oh, yeah. Playing Brandy, all that shit just kind of getting into Star-Lord's head. That was so powerful so that when you start to see that he's been doing this for, for multiple eons of so centuries. Many. You could see why like, his oh name is God. Ego. Yeah, right. Exactly. You're right. Great point. Yeah. The living planet. I mean it's so on the nose but then yeah. you see the plan and you're like – of course, a deity named Ego yeah. would do something like this because his ego is so big that he is the answer. So let's just recreate me in perpetuity. Yeah, There's all kinds of the, – the amount of time and effort that James Gunn put into it. Uh, I've said it on uh, the past on that one when he's talking about Chris Pratt, Star-Lord's mom. Yeah. Right? And he's got that memory visualizer thing that can manifest – Whatever he wants to talk to so Chris Pratt can see it. When he shows mom, she looks like a China doll, yeah. this porcelain figure right. because that's how he remembers her as this this idea, this thing, not yeah. a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's altruistic. Of course I had to do this to her. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I loved her. That's why I did it. Yeah. Like, oh, dude, that's in disgusting. His mind, in his mind, he thinks he's done the right thing. Yes. Yeah. But you get like, get a little more with uh, – and also the Nebula-Gamora um, relationship, how that develops as well as the film goes along. And uh, they come together as sisters finally once and for all at the end. Very believable. Yeah. And and, a huge you know, fight between the two of mm-hmm. them. They got a stinking ship involved in it. It's good. That's how sibling rivalry works, man. Yeah. The only part that, that falls apart for me uh, – really figure out a better way to say that. But mm-hmm. is the – when they won't give Stallone – the, oh, the proper, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, you'll never get into the yes. fucking the halls of Galul. And that's where there's a little <laughs> nod to Snyder. There you go, buddy. I like that uh, Owls movie. The, howl, the, the, the Owls of Galul, whatever Galuli? it was. Yeah. Oh, no, no. It's not, it's not Galuli. It's not, that, it has nothing to do with uh, Tanya oh, Harding. Sorry. 
This Jeff Galuli did not make a no, no, sudden uh, appearance in this. I think it's Gahul or something is like that. Gahul? Something along the those Zack lines. The Zack Snyder one? Yeah. Isn't that right? Isn't yeah, that right? That was really weird with the owls. I didn't mind it, actually. You, you like, well, you like I didn't like it. I didn't mind it. Do you have a thing? But you have a uh, like a higher tolerance for... Um, Oh, okay. Coming down from your perch? For animation, I mean. For animation. You have a higher tolerance for animation, in my opinion. Don't you, need, you think? You need more spectacles when you look over your glasses <laughs> at somebody because it'll sell the point. Much better. Much better. <laughs> Annie Potts from Ghostbusters. Oh, I love her. She's the best. <laughs> Please. She knows what's up. I, I didn't hate it. Everybody going into it said it was brutal. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's not brutal. You don't think it's brutal? No. Okay. Well, All if you right. go into it thinking it's supposed to be that... I don't even know why I watched it because it didn't seem like it was going to be good. Yeah, I was on the fence about it too myself. And I was like, I don't know. Should I? Should I not? Blah, blah, blah. But in the long run, you're like, okay. It's not It's not ultimately a bad film uh, overall. Yeah, there's yeah, something so, to it. Yeah, exactly. You got something here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. just didn't execute it this time around. Uh, that was my four. We've done your four, right? We have. Yeah, yeah, So yeah, we yeah. go to my three, which yes. is a punt from you earlier, Incredibles 2. Okay. My uh, friend, take it. Yeah, no, I'm... The, this is another one where the people that, that attack the movie uh, for X, Y, and Z, it's like, I, I don't know. I appreciate it for all the other things that they bring to life. Yeah. I like the dynamic shift of putting Mrs. Incredible out there and seeing Mr. Incredible struggle with the day-to-day of you know, what some people believe is the hardest job, yep. raising kids yep. and having to you – know, the math thing. Oh, the math thing was brilliant. Like, why did you change math? And <laughs> there is a new math that they teach and it's – Looking as an adult, it is one of those of why did you change? It was so simple before. Yeah, yeah. On the easy things. Um, But so see the dynamic shift between the two of them to make the hero or pardon me, the the villain, someone called Screen Slaver that is trying to get people to stop being so dependent on their screens and sucked into these and spending all their lives. Putting that out as a Pixar film, a.k.a. owned by Disney. And all Disney wants is for you to be stuck to your screen looking at Disney Plus you know, uh, videos and playing yep, their games yep, yep. and buying their merchandise and doing all the things that screen slavers. So the balls of Pixar to go, that's actually going to be our villain, is the parent company of who owns us and our fear of what they could do to us as a society. <laughs> Couldn't mind control us. Right. And they didn't – they had to know where the higher-ups in Disney going, this is – I love everything about this. Like we're basically showing them the climate change and they're like, there's no such thing. Well, it's the weird thing too because you're like, well, what is – what are you trying to say about yourself? Are you are you trying to be cool and be part of the conversation? We're like, hey, we can make fun of ourselves too. I don't think they are though. Well, at least yeah. from Disney's side, Pixar yeah. is definitely saying this is a bad thing. This is right. That's what I'm saying. But I wonder where Disney was like, wait a minute. I know. You would assume somebody at Disney would be like, we got to change – the yeah, name. we we keep the name. We have yeah. to change what it does. Something different. Yeah, make it only video games. Make it only something that doesn't make us as a media conglomerate look like the ultimate villain and not the indiv- individual that's orchestrating it. Did you like the um, change with her that they that they kind of suckered her into this kind of pro feminist uh, kind of narrative and then had a, the woman be, be betraying her at the end? So the, what undercutting? Oh, so women can't be evil. <laughs> <laughs> no, if we're all, if we're all I, equal, I, I, yeah, you're if right. We're all equal. I'm just saying it's, it's an interesting decision to make that you had a you you had a I lead, under, especially under Lassiter's yes, freaking watch. I, I understand what yeah. you're saying in that yeah. it's very rare for a female to be the altruistic hero yes. and the super totally 100. Mm-hmm. percent And it's also very rare for the female to also be the villain. 
in a superhero <coughs> film. It's very true. It's very, very true. You can counter, I guess, in that yes. way as well. I, I, okay. Instead of just showing the all positive of one, mm-hmm. why not say, yes, they are, they are just as bad. And I yeah. think it's, it, a female villain is better because it's way – it's much darker. Yeah. Because by nature, at least by we're you know we're raised by our moms, all yes, of us. Yes, yes. And you look at it; it's a nurturing influence. Mm-hmm. And for, to see that turn, and to be the presence of evil yeah. is always jarring. Right, That's why right. it's, when it's done well, it's a much more effective villain to me because it's to see that cold hearted doesn't compute. Whereas to see a guy be cold hearted, yeah, yeah, it doesn't. That makes that makes more sense because I'm conditioned to seeing that on film. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, okay. But, yeah, I had no problem with that, and I liked the update. The action was really fun and inventive, especially with the early stuff with Elastigirl and she's on the bike and the bike oh. can split and they're whipping around. The visuals of that are just gorgeous. Yep, agreed. There's uh, also uh, – for those that are new to the show, uh, I need to go back and watch myself. But when she goes into the, the screen slaver's lair the, yeah. the, and actually sees it, it's technically not. It's that pizza delivery guy or whatever else, but he's got the mask on. He thinks he is because mm-hmm. he's been brainwashed in that. Mm-hmm. She walks in at one point and there is a – one of those spinning uh, hypnotic things from back in the day, like a vaudevillian type of thing. Right. But it's in the shape of Mickey's head. Uh, it has the three you know, circles, and it's made to look kind of like Mickey's head. Yeah. And it's one of the yes, spinning things. Yes, you're right. You're right. It's like down a hallway, and it's the end of the hallway. It's the only one that's doing it. And I yeah. saw that in the theater, and I was like, the ball's on this fucking company. <laughs> did nobody – did Disney signed off on this? Yeah. It's a little lower on my list because once again, Matt, I'll say this again. I hate yeah. to, it's not as magical as the first one, and I, I wanted a little bit more of it. I didn't like the ah, fact that the woman undercut the other woman in the film. See, that think, bothered me a little bit. But like, you know, that's me. Uh, you know, the kind comedy of, in me, and to me was yeah. better in this one. Sure, there was funny. There was good. The moments. raccoon stuff. Oh, the raccoon stuff was the best scene in the movie. Uh, crying. Yeah, laughing. That and then when he takes her to uh, uh, his daughter, Mister Incredible yeah, takes yeah. his daughter to Violet. that. Yeah, out to eat, yes. and the kid is the busboy there, but he's had his mind erased. But the water shooting out of her nose, I la- I died. I died because they just went for the f- – I mean it was Jerry Lewis. They did because her nostrils like – A flare, yeah. but it's so quick. It's so split second and just these geysers come shooting out her nose as she ejects all the water that was in her mouth. <laughs> I yes. died laughing. And then they just very go right true. to. They just keep coming. <laughs> a lot of really solid jokes in there. Very true. Very true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To me, top to bottom, like it's it's a, the, the stuff with the underminer in the opening. The underminer. St- stellar action. Yeah. Right from the jump, we're picking up where we left off. Yes. And it's you know high octane from moment one. What do you got at three? <laughs> All right. Three, I have Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. I can't I, do it. I know, and I and I get it. I get it. Listen, I know I'm one of those. I'm just one of those people that loves the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I have gone to see them all multiple times, uh, except this last one. The last one I didn't because I, I didn't was see like, it. I watched five minutes and fell asleep. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Oh, I mean, you didn't even get to the scene where he breaks out of the safe and all that kind of jazz. None I, of that. I saw they drag it through the, the streets. Javier Bardem. Oh right, uh, what happens to him? Just in what well, like they're underwater. Is yeah. he a hammerhead of shark or yeah. there's some sort of sharks or something? I don't know. It was early on. I don't yeah. know. It was exactly five minutes. Yeah. But when he comes out and he's looking for Sparrow <laughs> or whatever it is. Chocos bottle. Yeah I, was, yeah. I fell asleep. That's the last thing I remember. <laughs> All right. That's After fair. Stranger Tides. I couldn't. Yeah, That's, I tried. But I liked. I didn't mind Stranger Tides. It's more that I enjoy the world, dude. I really do enjoy the world, and and so I I can forget. And that's my fault. I forgive it so much. I like this one. I know a lot of people don't like the second one that much. They really don't like the third one. I'll still f- defend the third. See, one. I I think I would take the third over the second. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Um, isn't this the one where she kind of? 
uh, Keir Knightley's uh, character pivots to flirting with Jack just a little bit. Yes, a and little it bit. Violates to throw Will. him off. To throw uh, what's his face off. But uh, it seems mildly genuine. It seems like there's a part of her that actually does like oh, flirting yeah. with him. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sure. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But, uh, like, but like, you know, it's like well, it's the journey. It's the journey to figure this whole thing out. Uh, you, you love Will. I do. Uh, well, you love Will. I <laughs> no, don't I'm like saying him. from her perspective, right. oh, you I love see. Will. I see. I see. Well, you know, she's a young lady. She's allowed to choose from the different suitors. Uh, you guys were star-crossed lovers, Romeo and Juliet, in the first one. And now you're willing, I mean, willing to get off of that so mm-hmm. quickly? Mm-hmm. If it was the third movie and they'd spent the entire second one away from one another, yeah. maybe. Because right. there's been enough distance and time. Well, you but, got Bill Nagy coming in as Davy Jones. It's really so great. Good. It's so CGI good. CGI is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the it way is. it works on him and yeah, the everything pipe, goes on. And it comes to the smoke, comes out another yep. blowhole from the, you know— Cephalopod face, whatever he's supposed mm-hmm. to be. There's so many different, and there's so many different scenarios they go into uh, in the second one as well. I, I, and I love the rolling thing and the battle scene on that with the swords and everything like that. Was, that to me was they were trying too hard. <laughs> you were really? Yeah. You thought it was too far? It was like damn. Uh, Okay. The fun and inventiveness, because it has that same song when those things, that dun 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 yeah, yes. dun dun dun. Yeah. Great score, by the way. It is. Yes. But in that one, it seemed like. Um, it reminded me of the stock – I had to do an editing project back in the day and I had to use stock footage and stock music and stock mm. – you know, it was in school way mm-hmm. back when. And that reminds me – that soundtrack reminds me of one of the pieces that I used, oh. finding it in this big catalog. It's not like it, okay. but it does remind me. But in that, when it's you know, put on top of the big wheel and yeah, all that, yeah, yeah. it reminds me of like, wow, this feels very generic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it felt like, you know, look at us guys. We're having fun, right? Yeah. This is fun. We're <laughs> big zany wheels. I was like, I don't know about this, guys. Yeah. All right. That's fair. I, mean, I, I don't know. I, that's the way I can explain it. I, I get if our fans are like, that you're crazy or ridiculous and putting it where it is. No. But it's my – I love this universe and I love the people in it and I just turn my brain off and I, have a great time. I've and seen I, four of the five in the theater. Yeah. And I, I don't uh, fault people for being uh, upset about it at all. I just have a thing about it and I like – I know Johnny Depp takes a lot of hits recently all that stuff with amber heard and stuff and by the way i don't you know i'm on i don't make a decision about it, that in either way i don't know anything about it yeah i don't i don't know them personally I don't. i've heard the complaints from both sides so yeah. i can't make a choice the thing i'm looking at is how great he is in those films and i really love him as jack sparrow and i love what he does dressing up as jack sparrow to go to these hospitals talk to these kids is very sweet and i also like Kieran Knightley in these movies. I like Orlando Bloom in these movies. And they just have a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. I like that Verbinski goes, fuck you. It's a pirate movie for two and a half hours. Suck it. I love the ballsiness of that. And I like that I just go along with it. I just go along with it because I just have a big dumb smile on my face when I'm watching these things. So uh, it's just a, you know, it's just a thing for me. Uh, all right. Where are we at? Um, so that was your three? That was my three. My two is uh, Winter Soldier. That's my that's my one. So we can talk about it. Yeah. Oh, oh really? Vaults well. over. Oh yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Really? It does. For me, it does. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know why? Because I'm getting older. You used to host a podcast that was devoted to number one. <laughs> to a character. To a character. I thought it was to all the characters. Did we do? Wait. Did we do one? What are you talking about? Your like way 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 your first podcast that you were consistently doing. Is devoted to the world of my number one. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it was. Which is going to be your number two. Right, right, right. Well, because, because all that came because number two came or number one came around for me. Your your number two uh, after exactly, and that gunslinger got shot down because high noon number one's <laughs> going to win that every time. We'll see. 
We'll see. There's no we'll see. There's going to be this. There's going to be that. There's going to be a flip here. That's a best two out of three. We're letting the odds oh, play on on that one. Who fucking decided that? Yeah. Uh, I did because I do you not agree be to a single. You got to be confident. I, I do not agree to a single. No, that's so fair. You can, you can barter with me and say five out of seven if you like. Oh, I'll but take five out of seven. Fine. Five out of seven. Five out of seven. We'll see what we happens. We have to come to agreement. But a single, I'm not letting a 50-50 <laughs> On that, determined. Because no, that's really important to you. All right, fair enough. It's clearly the number one. Right, you're insane to think it's number one. There's a lot of things you can do. All right, anyway. All right, Captain America Winter Soldier is my number. Is your number two? My number two. My number one. Uh, I think it's the. I think it's the best MCU film they've done. Um, I know Endgame is great. I know Infinity War is great. But as a singular film, I think Captain America Winter Soldier is incredible. And because it has the political overtones to it and mm-hmm. the, the stuff you experience with him and Bucky, the stuff you experience with Black Widow, the stuff you experience with uh, Nick Fury, all of that they explore within the film, everything that goes on here with him and trying to figure out where he belongs or where he belongs with that relationship, the massive battles on the ship with well, – on the helicarrier rather with crossbones, all that shit is incredible Winter Soldier and what he's negotiating with himself this this idea of uh, that is very still very true and still very topical nowadays especially nowadays yeah this idea of what do we negotiate in silence to supposedly protect the republic uh when we're violating yes. that violates our principles that we supposedly stand on and so this idea of oh well we should violate everybody's rights so that we can monitor them because then we'll stop terrorism we'll keep it safe right exactly yeah. but then you're like you're erasing the the thing this country was founded on which was individuality and liberty liberty is literally yeah. in the fucking Are constitution we willing to die for that liberty still right or do we want to give it up to create a totalitarian state? If your principles stop at your being threatened with your life, then you have no principles. Zero. That's my true belief. That's my true belief. You have to be willing to die for your principles. And if you're not willing to die for your principles, you don't have any principles. That's just my honest truth. It's easy to have principles in a safe spot in a vacuum. It's harder when they're tested. That's when you're supposed to show what you're really made of. And can't win a soldier – Captain America, rather, goes toe-to-toe with Fury face-to-face, tells him this shit. And, of course, you have that elevator scene, which is incredible. And the motorcycle oh, scene. Yeah, The, the el- callback in, yeah, yeah, was so good. In Endgame was fantastic. So yeah. Hail Hydra. <laughs> the look on his face as he does that. He's like, mm, fuck you. Fuck you. And they still don't believe him. I love no, that. Well, they're hesitant. He's, he's, like, he's like, give him the case over. You are Captain America. He just yeah. said Hail Hydra. Yeah. Like, uh. <laughs> yeah. But Brent Grillo's. Grillo's great. How, how do you stand up to to Captain America? How? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Grillo actually has the physicality. Even though he's a shorter stature, he just looks like one of those little bulldogs. He has the look. He does. Yeah. He really does. I interviewed him, obviously, on the deep cut. But he's – I saw recently a video of Stallone posted. Him, Pacino, Grillo, a couple other guys were all together watching a boxing match. And they were doing their – and I was like – and just to be in that room with those motherfuckers, just I wouldn't even say a fucking word, man. I would just sit there and watch them watch a boxing match. That would be worth it to me. A bunch of bruisers just sitting around who've accomplished a lot in the oh, Hollywood. Dude, do the same thing I always do. Just, you know, hang back and then I'll rifle in a joke and yeah, be yeah. like, but you know, laughed at my joke. <laughs> you don't say anything. You can't let that show. No, of course you got to act cool because that's exactly what Grillo's doing. Right. Oh, right. Fucking Stallone just patted me on the back. Yeah. Patted me. Call, he called me buddy. Yeah. Oh. He, said, he told me in the interview that Stallone texts him all the time. I'm like, Jesus Christ, what's that like that Stallone texts you all the time? That must be awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, especially for if he's a Stallone guy, like yeah. on top of that. Right. If you had that, this is someone that I've always been a huge fan of, whether yeah, yeah, it's for yeah. Rocky or, or, or for Rambo or for whatever the case is. Yeah. And now I get to I get to hang out with that person. Yeah. 
That's pretty, pretty awesome. Cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah it does. I would do that with like Ian McShane. If he had my oh, number, I would text God. me every once again. Hey, you know, what's up, buddy? Do you want to go grab some coffee? He'd be like, dude, Ian McShane just texted me. If I want to get Matt, do you want to go get a haircut? <laughs> Uh, who who directed that one again? I always forget who directed Captain America: Winter Soldier. Uh, Winter Soldier is the guys that do uh, in game Russo brothers. So it is the Russo brothers. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, he de- they definitely do Civil War. Yeah, you're right. The Russo brothers. Yeah. Winter yeah, Soldier. I thought it was Winter Soldier. Oh was yeah. Their introduction. And, and let me not bury the lead. Fucking Robert Redford. He's so great as the as villain. The villain? Then, it's yeah. the best. It's so awesome. So when the twist happens, you're like, yeah, I kind of saw it coming, but fuck it, it still worked. Yeah. Uh, and you know. All of that leading up to – because, of course, he has connections to the 70s politi- uh, political thrills with Three Days of the Condor. So you get all this kind of mixed into the situation I think just makes the film transcendent, which is why I put it number one. And I like Captain America and I like the MCU and I like the battle. So all right. Here we go. I'm going to take the hits, but here we go. The rightful uh, heir to this throne. <laughs> the king is dead. All hail the king. Empire strikes back. Wow. Wow. Strong choice. Strong choice. All and right. You're number two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, My movie was made under the Disney auspices. Your movie was made under the Fox auspices. Did Disney own Marvel at the time when the Winter Soldier? Yeah, absolutely. Did they? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll have to take your word for it. I, I don't know that off the top of my head. Mm. You might want to. Should we look that up? Feel free to look that up. We should look that up. Okay. All I got to do is look up who distributed, and then that'll tell <laughs> oh, me. Oh, there to tell you um, who owns it. I, I mean, what do you what do you say about Star Wars? Or Empire Strikes Back at this right, point. Right. Well, I think it's still a film you can rediscover every single time you watch it. Uh, there's a lot of charm to the damn film that you forget about. The stakes are high right from the beginning, right? You're picking up After New Hope that ended so sadly with the death of Ben Kenobi, but with a little bit of like. Correct. Yep. Yeah, all right. With a little bit of like uh, feeling that the, that the world can continue here in some way, in some shape and form. And naturally, the war has continued and has progressed. So they're on this winter base and all this kind of shit goes down and the Tauntaun stuff and then the battles with the ad. So right from the first 20 minutes of the movie, you are taking this franchise to the next level. It's pretty incredible. The first time you see the ad Yeah. <laughs> this dog-like creature that has no business Makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As right, because it's so slow moving. So slow moving and lumbering, and all you got to do is yeah. take out one of its legs, and that's why we have wheels and tracks, especially yeah. tanks. Like you can still, you're not completely dead, right? Unless they blow the track out entirely. But tires, like okay, just got to replace it. Leg. Yeah. I don't know what you do. Yeah. Right. I mean, you can't trip a tire. That's a good point. That's uh, a good point. So you can pop a tire. You can pop a tire. You can't trip it though. Can't trip it. Yeah. And do so you see this? Makes no sense, and yet it is the coolest. Yeah. Now the the single is it the ATST or whatever it is the smaller yeah, yeah, one yeah, from yeah. Jedi, mm-hmm. in a hilly woodland. I could kind of see that because you could take over the different terrain and only having the, you know, and especially when they do the smaller ones in the prequels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they're more like just troop transport individual as opposed to being some sort of you know mini tank type of thing. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense to me. But this big huge ad at. No sense and loved every single stinking second of it. And it, on top of that, you have this complex story. Mm-hmm. Uh, the characters get even more deep and fleshed out. You have the pivot with Darth. Okay. You have the sad or the, the questioning ending. Yeah, yeah. You're like, what is this? What, how many movies end like this? Yeah. The first one was this big triumphant. We destroyed the Death Star. And in this one, the Empire, it struck back. Yeah. It did win. It's a great title for it, too. Yeah. It struck back. Yeah. And now you're back on your heels. You just got punched in the mouth. What yep. are you going to do? Solo is in carbonite. Luke's mm-hmm. lost his hand. Uh, Leia has discovered how to communicate with the Force, though, 
Which is why I didn't understand people getting upset about Last Jedi. She used the Force. Hey, it's she the literally Mary shows the Force. It's the Poppins. Yeah, I guess That's it's why. the Poppins thing. That's fair. But like, um, but. Also, you have an introduced Lando Calrissian, which is badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, you get the Cloud City investment and all that. It's really fun to explore the new universe or a new planet, rather. And so, so much of it. And then Dagobah, all the training on Dagobah that makes you, you know, as Luke, like question things, one thing or the other. That is fantastic as well. So, to me, overall, I, I get absolutely what you're saying about uh, Empire Strikes Back. And I know I'm in the minority. There's just something I like about Winter Soldier and people. Uh, I mean, Empire Strikes Back is what's expected to be number one. So, for me, I'm okay with putting Winter Soldier, for me, at number one in my thing. Uh, any other things you want to say about it? Oh. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's Empire. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I don't. Okay. Yeah. It's so that way we can. Right. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know what else there is to say about it. <laughs> it's Star Wars. It's the reason right. I think, on some level, that I love this series, and I will continue to watch it no matter how much I like or don't like whatever just came out. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, we got Mandalorian. Awesome. I'm yeah. on board. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna do this. Fantastic. I will check it out. That's actually a great point you make, Matt. Whether the the franchise has been chasing Strikes Back since Strikes Back came out. Maybe, but it's also hmm. it's so indelible to me of my love of movies. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, made, yeah. it's left such a mark on me that I will always give it a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know that when you hit the heights, man, they're worth it. They're hundred percent. Yeah, and you can still do it. We saw Rogue One, and yes. for the two of us, that's getting back to everything I love about it. It's a complete mm-hmm. story, great characters, just the right nice balance of you know hope. Yep. And they've got to keep fighting and whatnot. They lose within that one. Even a but, new hope, you might say. Yeah, exactly. And then a new hope, which they beautifully set upon. Yeah. Uh, the tail end of that leads gorgeously into the start of New mm-hmm. Hope. Um, uh, so, yeah, there it is. There, that's our separate lists. Now we'll put the list together. Are uh, you going to write? Sure, I can write. But okay. we do have a problem out the gate. We call it a, a best. Oh, that's right. Five out of seven. Five out of seven. This is, uh, right. Here we go. This is thrilling radio. This is uh, thrilling. <laughs> this is thrilling. I think you should do it on the table. All right. Let's see if we can just yeah. land this bad boy yeah. right on the table. Yeah, I think that's fair. S- Superman. All right. So that's one for John. Who's who's logging this? Me. All right, one, one for uh, Team No. One for the good guys. Zero yeah. for Team Yes. Okay. Here we go. Comes down. That's a Superman again. Son of a gun. I'm lifting it up just so Son the authenticity of, of it all. Mm. I, you good. had your phone in your hand, which has a camera, and yet you chose to put that down. <laughs> you know, Already the questions. You could have validated that instead of having to. I tried. To, I, did, I made sure that my finger didn't do this. I made sure I just picked it up straight. Okay. One oh, Batman. Right, right, one right, Batman. Right. Little two to one right now. Two to one. Two to one. Two to one. You got a five out of seven. You got to yeah, get the yeah. five. This is ridiculous. Oh, that didn't really flip. Oh, it flipped when it hit. You want to not count it? I, it didn't flip in the air. I'll All do right. that real quick. All right. All right. Oh, tied, oh, oh tied interesting. Two two. Interesting how you have it flip in certain flip close to you. You like it. Then it gets your things. Because All it right. actually flipped in the air two before it just levitated. What do you do? That's Batman. That's three. I'm honest. Three to two. I'm honest. Three to two. All right. What do we need here? I need to get a Superman here or else you win. Oh, you got a soups? Soups. It's three to three. I love it. This is three perfect. As it should be. As it should be. Oh, yeah. It should be best four out of seven, not five out of seven. I don't know why. Oh. Yeah. Well, so one it. of those, whoever wins this, yeah. takes home the cake. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. Boom. I shouldn't count it because it hit the thing, but I'll let it be. I'll let it be. I, 
No. I call shenanigans it. on the one earlier if you okay. want to exercise uh, the right. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. I don't want to make a, I don't want to make a you know, criminal uh, offense out of this. You know, uh, I'm a fair man. I'm a fair man. <laughs> All right. Yes, All there right. you go. Fair still enough. wins. All right. It still wins. It's a weighted coin, but I'll accept the results. Uh, all right, so Strikes Back first, then yep. Winter Soldier Winter second. Soldier. Okay. Oh, you're writing. That's right. I'm sorry. I'll get the bongos. Yeah. All right. So Incredibles, you had lower. Guardians, you had higher. Toy Story, you had high. Um, do you remember where you had Incredibles? Was it like six, seven? What's that? Your Incredibles, like six, seven? I had Incredibles two at seven. Okay. And then your Guardians and Toy Story two. Guardians was at six, and Toy Story 2 was at four. Well, we got a four. Okay, so it's Toy Story 2 is the next. Okay. Now, my Pirates of the Caribbean is the number three for me, so. Yeah, we got so much commonality okay. higher. I think okay. we got to barrel through these. Okay. So two, seven, two, six, two, six wins. That's so Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Wow, at four. Wow. Yeah, The Incredibles 2. At five? Okay. At five. Okay. Um, and then where'd you have Ralph in the internet? That's lower. Nine. So. I had it nine. Okay, so, so yeah. Pirates, Dead Man's Chest? Yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. All right. Then we'd say Ralph. Yeah, Ralph works in the internet. Oh, jumped then, up. Okay, fair enough. Well, I have it at seven. You okay. had it, or six, rather. Okay. And that you makes had sense. And right. then Monsters U, I okay. think. Yeah, that's what I have at number eight. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do we have so Winter Soldier Strikes Back? Do we get Caribbean Toy two Story spots two? left? What's your next? Spider Man Far From Home on there yet? What what number is that? For Five. You? Okay, Spider Man Far From Home makes right. it. Okay. And then last, what's your next highest? Uh, we did Gardens, guys. We did Incredible uh, 9, uh, Tron, Legacy at 10. What do you got? Uh, Finding Dory at 8. All right. Done and done. All okay. Right. Cool. All right. Let's do this thing. The top 10 direct Disney sequels. Yeah. At number 10. Finding Dory. At number 9. Spider-Man Far From Home. At number 8. Monsters University. At number seven. Ralph Breaks the Internet. At number six. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. At number five. The Incredibles 2. At number four. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. At number three. Toy Story 2. At number two. Captain America Winter Soldier. And our number one directed to uh, direct Disney sequel is... Uh, the Empire Strikes Back. Ba, ba, da, ba, 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 da, ba, ba, episode five. Episode five. Yeah, Star Wars Episode five. Look, they're all getting jumbled together now. They're getting high enough that I'm starting to lose track of the numbers. Um, all right. Well, that's our uh, top ten. Yeah, that's the show for this week. So, yeah. a couple of announcements with John having to leave town so abruptly. Those listening to this now. Um, 
Let's see. Relist is going to be pushed back a week. So you're not going to hear one this weekend because we didn't get them in time because we had to record this so early. Yeah. Sorry, so, guys. Yeah, it's just going to push it. There'll be one at the end of the month here and then one at the beginning of December. You're still getting them. Yeah. It just, it'll be delayed by a week. And then uh, there's not going to be a topic thunder for this week, but we will make it up to you guys in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, we apologize for that. But timing issues, this was last minute for him and he's getting ready to travel to the other side of the world. <laughs> so Again. Yeah, again. Yeah. So, you know, you got to make uh, you know certain allowances for that. We're just glad we could uh, sneak in the time uh, this Friday before uh, you had to get out of the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, a collider was accommodating, got us in the studio, so we're happy to have it. Everybody that tuned in uh, this week on Patreon, well, welcome. We thank you for your patronage. Thank you very much. We hope you're enjoying all the different content we're providing to you. And those that see us a week later on Collider, let us know. Um, And let us know what you like and don't like. We have some ideas for some uh, shows coming up in, in the future. Yeah. As far as maybe adding a small element here, small element there. Uh, we can't wait for it. And we thank to everybody – our thanks to everybody out there that supports us at patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. And join the discussion with me on Twitter at Matt Nost. Me at the at the Roca says. And on the YouTube, make sure you leave us your comments about the show, what you think works, what doesn't work, what you want to see. And also leave your lists. It's always fun to go and look at your lists and see yeah. what you put in, what you didn't put in. Some of you probably are like, Matt, you didn't see like uh, Lion King Simba 2 or whatever these other uh, d- direct t- Disney sequels are. But we wanted to keep it wide open because Matt and I made Maybe you haven't seen a lot. And a lot of those aren't really that good. Well, the direct so to video, a, a ton of those. Yeah, direct to videos are a ton. But so, yeah, that's we the kind of thing. Yeah. Unless we're doing a direct to video show. Like, yeah. Which are theatrical. Again, yeah, yeah, we'll sneak one on. Yeah. We, will we sneak one on? Well, I've snuck on like HBO movies, like And the Band Played On and something. Mm-hmm. Like, well, technically, it's a movie. And Grinch. Look, in this argument, I am on the side of Netflix, and you are apparently Spielberg. That's right. It has to have a release. Even Scorsese. Of a grand scale for you. (laughs) I mean, it's like, you know, I appreciate it on the merits of what it is. That's fair. I take the artist at his word. Oh, jeez. All right. There we go. Before Uh, I get to the But yeah, and we also have, uh, like you were saying before with the list, Mm. over at Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the top 10 show with uh, all spelled out. and we have master posts discussing yep. that week's show, and then other people put up posts. Hey, what are you guys? This list, and mm-hmm. there's all kinds of great discussions over there. And our thanks to everybody that helps us with this show because we oh, wouldn't yeah. be able to. John to leave so suddenly, and we're not going to miss a beat. And you guys are still going to get you know the weekly shows. Uh, Joe Obara, Mike Shea, Christos Alexakos, Kristen Smith, and Matthew Hasso. Our thanks to all five of yeah. you for helping us uh, churn out this product every week. We would not be here without you and the support of our patrons and everybody that listens out there. So our eternal thanks to all of you. And uh, that is it for me this week. Yeah, me too. All right, thanks everybody. We'll see you next time on the Top Ten Show.